Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Bonnie McLean. She is author of Integrative Medicine, The Return of the Soul to Healthcare. It's an introduction to the field of integrative medicine. Based on both her extensive research and personal experience as a practitioner and recipient of allopathic medicine, oriental medicine, functional medicine, energy medicine, and counseling, Dr. Bonnie offers a user-friendly overview of integrative medicine with resources for further exploration by the reader. Dr. Bonnie McLean has more than 50 years of experience in the health field. She graduated from Duke University School of Nursing in 1967. She obtained her MA in counseling from Pepperdine University in 1976 and her license to practice acupuncture in California in 1983, and her doctorate in oriental medicine in 1986. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.bonniemcclain.com, and that's B-O-N-N-I-E-M-C-L-E-A-N.com. So that, I'd like to welcome Dr. Bonnie to the show. Good day. Hi, Robert. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, and and I enjoyed your book. There were there, you know, I'm, we're not going to talk about it tonight, cause, but I because I want readers to to read it. But the section on the history of of medicine um, it was fascinating. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you, you think of something like that would be dry, but you really made it. I mean, you pointed out some just. I think very interesting facts that people didn't know. Um, so I have to, to commend you on that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you liked that chapter. I wasn't sure many people would, but I got all excited know. about learning about those <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, and anyway, and, and again, you know, it was one of those things. I mean, you know, they're just, it's a short tidbit of, of you know, of, um, you know, different um facts during certain periods and certain cultures, but anyway. But let's start with what inspired you um, to write this book on integrative medicine? Well, there were several things, actually. One of them was Wayne Dyer, actually, because he said, don't die with your song unsung. And I'm 74 turning 75, and (laughs) I was in my late 60s when I started writing it, but I thought, you know, I better get started on this. (laughs) So it took me six years to write it because I ended up doing so much research. I was traveling, and the more I got into it, the more I wanted to learn. And so I was interviewing people and going to different places, you know, to research it. So that was one of the things. And then another uh, thing was I spent probably – I don't know, 10 or 15 years doing a lot of traveling, especially to indigenous cultures and to the shamanic healers. And when I took my first trip down to Ecuador, I was uh, in a ceremony in the rainforest, and 
the oil companies are down there and they're tearing up the trees and stuff and I got really sad about that and it all hit me you know during this time and so I was kind of in this deep state of grief I was crying and finally the the tour guide who was a psychologist she listened to me for a while you know and then I guess I started wallowing a bit so she finally she finally said now Bonnie see if you can turn your grief into creativity and there was just something magic that happened in that moment where it shifted. The grief actually started shifting into creativity. And so when I came back, I wanted to do something creative. And it, it, it's still that way. Every time I, you know, get discouraged, you know, about the world, you know, things that I don't understand, you know, people not being kind to each other and stuff, I go write something or, you know, I just automatically turn into turn it into some kind of creative venture. So those those were the two main things. I I don't know, I just I really felt like I wanted to give a user friendly uh take yeah. on both the the good things, the good, bad, the ugly and the beautiful of allopathic medicine and the natural medicine that I practice. Because, you know, I was in Western medicine for 20 years as a nurse, and then I've been doing what I do now for 36 years. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the the progression of your journey and, and the um, inquisitiveness, you know, the curiosity really um, comes mm-hmm. out. And, and, you know, that's the one thing I, I liked about the book, um, in addition to the material, was the fact that you show through your personal experience what you know um, the, the benefits of being curious and, and exploring and learning and you know mm-hmm. and going forward. So I think that's a, a wonderful message to give. Now, the idea of um, the soul of um, bringing the soul. Of medicine um, into healthcare, re- returning it to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Would you mind uh, sharing with the listeners um, what what that looks like? What, you know, what is what do you feel? Is what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to, well, to me, it, it, to me, the soul means the healing aspect of medicine. It's the part that can touch the heart and the soul. And I just feel like. You know, I, when I grew up, it, medicine was different. My my dad was a physician and my mother was a nurse, and dad made house calls and patients had our home number, and we never saw him. <laughs> the family hardly mm-hmm. ever saw him, but the patients loved him. He was so dedicated to his medicine, and all of his colleagues were the same way. That was just how they practiced medicine back then. And even when I first went into nursing in 1967, we did a lot more hands-on, and we were able to spend time with our patients more. We could listen to them. We could get to know them and their families and feel like there was a human connection with them. And I started seeing medicine change where nurses were just not given that role anymore, that opportunity. Usually the nurses, you know, we became more like administrators or the supervisors, but we weren't doing that much one-to-one contact. 
I'm sure it still happens like apparently uh, like in neonatal, the nurses love that. Mm-hmm. Um, in intensive care, you know, they can work on a one-to-one, but a lot of times the patients aren't conscious, you know, and so right, you can, right. you know, you can end up feeling like you're actually working with the extension of a machine sometimes, and to, to do some of the things you have to do to keep them alive, um, you know, it's just it, it just started getting difficult for me. I just started feeling I was losing my my humanity, you know, as a nurse. So yeah. I feel like as magical as some of our modern medicine is and our medical technology is, and we do, I mean, we save lives and we literally do miracles with some of what we're able to do, but I don't get, you know, I don't get that person-to-person contact anymore, you know, as a patient. And I know my patients that come in tell me that as well, and I've, gone through um, some trials and tribulations with my own family of some of the things that happened to them, you know, in the healthcare system where they felt like they weren't treated so much as a person. I, I think we've just become so, um, it's become so profit-oriented in a way. So, yeah, So, so to me, you know, I really do believe our soul is beginning to come back, and I do believe it is because of the more of the focus on uh, integrative medicine because there are more institutions and hospitals and offices that are bringing the two back together and trying to integrate the two. So hopefully we've hit bottom with the, you know, the love of technology and at least we can bring in you know, some more of the humanity and, and let our hearts be more involved again. Yeah. Yeah. No, when, when I was reading your book and, and got to the part of uh, you, your father um, practicing slideshow, practicing presentations on, on your kids, you know, I just kind of, I thought, hmm, I wonder if this had a, a, an influence on, on, on where Dr. Bonnie was. You know, that seed was planted, but... Um, but it was kind of funny because I, you know, I yeah. mean, I've, I've seen you know that kind of thing happen with with parents who you know are very devoted to their jobs and you know and, and mm-hmm. then the, the family is you know, accessible you know to be able to help there. But, but I just thought that was kind of, <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, that was, but that was one time that we would get to see my father <laughs> was when he did the, the slideshows. Yeah, uh, and that may have, you're right, it may it may have actually uh, inspired me to do the writing and the healing, you know, the teaching, yeah. you know, that aspect of it, and the researching, because he was a great researcher. Dad, uh, Dad yeah. had been injured in World War II, and he'd almost died. He was on some Pacific island that was bombed, and he came back with, um, he was missing an eardrum, they thought he was going to be deaf the rest of his life, and he had to learn sign language, and uh, he and he had PTSD, of course. So, you know, I, I I grew up with that kind of environment, and I don't know. It was um, he actually after the war he would fly over to Japan to get acupuncture for to try to get some of his hearing back, and he did get some of it back. And I realized that 
that might have been when the seed got planted for me to um, go into acupuncture eventually. And I, I didn't even remember, I didn't even think of that when I went in. But he wrote a couple books on kidney stones. And in the front of one of those books, he had three pages of material about acupuncture. And these were written back in the 1950s. Wow. So, yeah. you know, I know. So I look back, you know, and I can see where a lot of the seeds got planted that I wasn't even aware of at the time. So that's just a, that's just a note to you parents out there. <laughs> what you can do, uh, you know, plant seeds for for a doctor, a future doctor. Um, no well, way. now, now we we've you mentioned we've talked about you know, and, and the title of the book is Integrative Medicine. So some of the listeners may not know what that means. So would you mind sharing mm-hmm. with the listeners your um, view of what integrative medicine is? That's right, and it's just my take. It's my view. Other people may have a different mm-hmm. definition for it. But to me, it's using the best of both of the worlds, of allopathic, our contemporary allopathic Western medicine that we all are part of, that we all grew up with, and natural medicine, and patient empowerment. So to me, it's like a triangle. Because the, to me, the patient really is the conductor of the orchestra. The, the patient is the one that really is chooses, you know, who they're going to go to and what they're going to follow, what they're going to practice according to, you know, what what their practitioner suggests, right? You know, I to me... Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are moving in that direction of, of more patient um, participation and, um, you know, being able to make the decisions. So with allopathic medicine, we have surgeries, we have procedures, we have drugs, we have our medications. And with natural medicine, that's geared more toward not fixing something, which I think our Western medicine is very good at. We fix diseases we fix problems we fix symptoms and it's it's wonderful that way because we need that but with natural medicine it's it's supporting our bodies to do their own healing because to me our bodies are a self-healing mechanism sometimes they get so out of balance that i think we do need you know to get some, kind of some kind of sometimes. intervention of no, sorts we, mm-hmm. Right, and and we may need you know life life um, saving surgeries, you know, or medications. I mean, a lot of people would not be alive if they, you know, weren't taking their medications, their heart medications or their insulin. So, you know, it. I feel like when I see a lot of people feeling like somehow they have to choose one or the other. And mm-hmm. it's not that way. I think it's a matter of both and. It's not either or, but it's both and. So that's yeah. you know, it's kind of like uh, in China they have they have more of a form of integrative medicine. We're it, we're developing it in this country, but China I think has had it for quite a few years because they introduced Western medicine to their medicine back with Chiang Kai Shek. I can't. Can't remember when that was back in the 30s, I think. Long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> uh, Long yeah. time. 
and and in their larger hospitals, they will have two wings, and they'll have the allopathic wing, the Western wing, and then they'll have the traditional Chinese medicine wing. And so if somebody, uh, they can choose which side they want to go in unless they're like in a life-threatening situation or need, you know, some kind of surgery, and they'll send them directly to the Western wing. In the Chinese wing, they have acupuncture, uh, massage, Chinese herbs, um, encouraging them to do the exercises like the Tai Chi or Qigong. So a lot of times, say, they'll go in with, you know, like a symptom, you know, or some kind of disease or an accident or something, and once they get on top of it, then they'll send them over to the wing where they can actually do the prevention work. They can rehabilitate themselves and they can do the prevention work so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah. And one thing also I noticed is that you make a, a real distinction between healing and medicine. You know, a lot of times people mm-hmm. don't recognize the difference. And so can you kind of explain what the, the difference between that? Well, um, medicine is something that we take from the outside. And healing is something that happens from the inside. And again, you know, if we can get the two to dance and work together, that's the ideal situation. But the the bodies do heal themselves. I really believe we're self-healing mechanisms, but sometimes we yeah. just get, we need help sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So the body needs to One be supported and coaxed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guided along the way, yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things um, when I read about your your nursing experience and then, this, you know, and you mentioned, you know, the idea of how, how the whole industry has changed and become so, you know, basically profit-oriented and, and really not patient oriented and, and one of the things you you tell a story in your book about um when you were nursing about a woman who was comfortable with dying and mm-hmm. um and but uh, the institution wasn't of the same thought um would you mind mm-hmm. sharing that because I think that's kind of emblematic of really what's going on right now with the industry mm-hmm. Yeah, it well I you know I think we're kind of death phobic in this culture. <laughs> you know, we just like we don't want to talk about it and we you know don't want to think about it. And then when you get to be where more you have more of your life behind you than ahead of you, which is kind of where I am now, um we learn to live more in the present and to accept the bigger picture, but I know when I was younger it never occurred to me, you know, to think about you know, getting older or, you know, thinking about the other side or any of that. Um, But with this woman, it it was, she was at peace with dying, and she, I was supposed to get her out of a wheelchair and, you know, have her sit in the hall, and um, she didn't want to get up, and she she was very rational, and she explained to me, um, she said, you know, all my loved ones are on the other side. I would really just like to be left alone. I would like to be in peace. I'm not scared of dying. I'm happy to meet my loved ones, and 
just, you know, if you could just leave me alone, I would really appreciate it. And I said, okay, you know, so I didn't get her out of the bed, and I charted, you know, patient didn't want to get in the wheelchair, so she stayed in her bed. Well, the a couple of days later, I was on the same floor, but I was on another part of that area, and a doctor hunted me down, and I guess it was her doctor, and he just said, he just said, well, I just wanted you to know that Mrs. So-and-so went home today. And I said, well, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> and he said, well, you wanted her to die. And it was in the front, it was in the front of my patients. It was in this <laughs> room, you know, where patients and families were in there, you know. And um, and I, I, he said, but. He said, you wanted her to die, and I just wanted to let you know that she went home. Well, I didn't know what to say. I kind of slunk out of the room. And then about a week later, I got word that she had been admitted to the emergency room. She had been admitted to the hospital again, had been put on life support, and was on life support for a week or so, and then she died. So I felt really bad for her because, to me, you know, she wasn't able to die in peace. And, you know, I don't want to die on life support, you know. I I mean, I already have everything written up that if it looks like I'm not going to come back, I, I want to be left alone. And at least we can, you know, write those things now. But at the time, um, you know, we didn't have a form that we could sign. So I, I think it is a reflection of... I don't know, you know, of, of of our fear of death, but um, I don't know. It's just yeah. kind of a loss of human connection in a way. Like we just, you know, kind of yeah. follow, yeah, you know, <laughs> follow I mean, it's, the it's orders. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, if you don't have like a DNR or anything like that in place, it's to me, for me, it's a question of quality versus quantity. You know, I mean, I mm-hmm. I want to live as long a quality life as possible you know it doesn't have to be as long as possible you know yeah of being on life support and, and all that or even any vegetative or comatose state it's just to me it's um to me it feels like i'm kind of holding the spirit back <laughs> you know everything mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. i kind of contract to come in here to do my job you know and, and when my time is ready you know let's let's go mm-hmm. ahead and move on to the next chapter but um but i don't think that you know the i mean that whole there's just been that focus on you know how let's see how long we can keep people alive no matter what Mhm. yeah and i i wish we i wish we'd change that i, I mean it just yeah. um i don't know it, to me it it's we've lost touch kind of of um I don't know, our connections with yeah. each other as human beings in a situation like that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So now your course of the course of your journey, you've you picked up and you know learned many different um, healing modalities. I mean, in addition to being a nurse and and that as particular aspect, um, you also we also kind of mentioned acupuncture. So would you mind telling the listeners? Um, what your view of acupuncture is, and and how, um, you know, uh, when do you use, when do you find that um, in a 
appropriate um, modality and, and maybe any kind of results you've had using that. Oh, wow, yeah. I, I love acupuncture. I just think it's an amazing art form. It's an art and a science. And it basically stimulates our body to heal itself, just as chiropractic does, and, uh, you know, changes in nutrition, that kind of thing. Um, if you talk to a Chinese or, you know, Oriental person or somebody that is trained where we're all trained you know, through the Oriental way of thinking when we learn acupuncture. Uh, it, we talk about the energy body that we have, that we're basically energy beings. And that makes sense if you think of E equals MC squared, you know, with Einstein's formula. Energy and matter are interchangeable. So it's a way of affecting the energy body and the physical body through the energy body. So... We think of the body as being like we have all these uh, rivers of energy that we call chi, Q-I, that flow throughout our body that feed the whole body, you know, with this life force. That's basically what chi is, is our life force. And that's what the difference is between, you know, a, a walking human being and a corpse. We look the same, but there's a distinct difference between the two. The corpse does not have the life force. So when we when the life force gets low or when it gets blocked, then we either have an illness or if it, you know, gets too low, then we cross over. So the idea is that each one of these meridians, we call them meridians, and they will go from the surface of the body to all the organs, to all the endocrine glands, you know, to all the parts of the body, you know, like these rivers of energy that are bringing, you know, oxygen, nutrients, and life force to all the cells. So there are acupuncture points along these meridians and in other parts of the body. They don't have to just be along the meridians, but they all will have a certain effect on the rest of the body so we can actually treat an organ by an acupuncture point on the surface of the body. Now if you think of it in more western terms, which I tend to do because of my nursing background, um, I always like to try to, you know, figure out with the western version of you know what what they're talking about and that's, see, that's we, that marriage is exactly what we need that bridge is i think what most people need yes i yeah i think you're right um yeah because i mean we don't you know who's going to understand yin and yang and chi and <laughs> all that stuff right? right but uh but uh and yin and yang just means balance it's you know between action and being passive you know and we go between those two states all the time um, but we talk about in western trigger points for one thing that when we have an injury uh, and it can happen like three years old falling off a tricycle and it the the muscles will go into spasm to protect the body that's a natural mechanism so many of the symptoms that we have are the body really trying to just protect itself or heal itself. So the muscle will go into spasm, and eventually it will relax, 
But when it relaxes, a lot of times little trigger points, little spots are still left in the muscle, but we don't know they're there anymore. So over time, um, they may stay dormant or things like stress, um, another injury or another accident or, um, you know, bending down, you know, moving the wrong way, it can set that trigger point off, and then it'll start sending pain signals. So the acupuncture point, the uh, acupuncture needle will go into that trigger point, and the body thinks it's a foreign invader. So it will send in all these mechanisms to handle that foreign invader, which are healing mechanisms. So it actually tricks the body into sending healing into that area and it'll bring in more blood supply which brings in more oxygen and nutrients and it will um, get rid of the waste products so that's one thing and that'll happen with the trigger points or with generalized spasm in the muscles so another thing that we think is happening is working on the neurotransmitters and that's uh, you know, in the brain, it stimulates them in the brain, but we're learning that we have them actually all throughout our bodies, and it's like our body's own, um, you know, it's the hormones and the body's own drugs, the endorphins, you know, that will will uh, help with pain. So the acupuncture needles actually will stimulate those things. Um, a lot of people ask me if the needles are working on the nerves of the body. That's seems to be a common perception of it. And, yeah, they may, but that's not the main thing, you know, because the, the acupuncture meridians, the flows of energy, do run along a lot of the same lines as the nerves and the blood vessels. But they're more in the fascia, you know, of the lining mm-hmm. of the muscle. So it, we're not working usually directly with the nerves. I mean, it can, you know, we can do that. but. Yeah. That's not the common way that, you know, that it works. Does that make sense? It it does. Oh, it does. It does make sense, you know. And, you know, with the – how does – how would one determine whether acupuncture would be um, an appropriate – like if someone's listening, uh, um, um, what would be, you know, a – I guess uh, not a symptom, but you know, what, uh, an experience mm-hmm. that acupuncture mm-hmm. would work well with. It works well with most of the uh, chronic pain problems and with stress-related problems. You know, anxiety, depression, actually, um, insomnia, trauma, even the things that it doesn't work well with are structural things. If somebody has like a disc that's pushing on a nerve, now we can help with, you know, the general pain. We can decrease some of the swelling, but we're not going to move that disc away. So either, you know, if it's not, if it's something surgical, then they need surgery, you know, if, or, you know, if it's not, surgically necessary, you know, a chiropractor can a lot of times, you know, do things to get that um, vertebra oh, off the yeah. off the disc, you know, off the nerve. So, okay, well, um, let's see. yeah, go ahead. 
No, that's great. I mean, it's good to know that distinction. I just kind of wanted to, you know, throw it out to the listeners, you know, that, you know, when um, an inquiry into um, acupuncture, Mm -hmm. you know, might be a benefit. Um, Mm -hmm. And would you believe we're halfway through the show already, (laughs) Dr. No, that's hard Um, to believe. (laughs) No, it's just zipping right by. To me, that's a a good sign that uh, I'm really enjoying Mm -hmm. the conversation. So I'm going to take just a quick break. Um, and okay. I do want to invite listeners, if you would like to call in and ask Dr. Bonnie any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to type them in. And then when we come back, um, a couple of your other modalities that you use, um, I wanted to talk about. One would be hypnosis, and the other is the mm-hmm. shamanic and imagery aspect. Um, mm-hmm. So those okay. are both fascinating. Okay, so let's talk about that when we go back. Everybody stay tuned. We'll be right, right back right. after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, ByteRadio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. And and I do want to add that uh, we are also now available on Google Play and Spotify. So that's a couple more platforms for you to check it out. Uh, again, today, my very special guest is Dr. Bonnie McLean, and we're talking about her new book, Integrative Medicine, The Return of the Soul to Healthcare. And again, you can find out more by visiting Dr. Bonnie's website, which is www.bonniemcclain.com. And on her website, you'll also um, find a link where you can read an excerpt from her book. So with that, we're back. Dr. Bonnie? Thank you. Great. Okay, so uh, hypnosis. Now, how did you become interested in adding hypnosis as a tool to your toolbox? Well, the first seed that got planted actually was back in the 1970s. I had just gotten interested in the holistic health movement, which was birthed back in the 1970s, especially out in California. And I started going to these seminars where practitioners were learning about holistic medicine, how to work with the body, mind, and spirit, you know, the whole being. So I went to one of the 
workshops with Dr. Norm Sheely, who, to me, he's like the grandfather of holistic medicine and um, and what's become kind of integrative medicine. So Dr. Sheely actually did a hypnosis session for our group, and I was impressed with that. So I I started having some sessions done myself on a personal basis, and I was getting a lot of benefit uh, from it. I felt like I was going through some good healing processes from some uh, childhood traumas that I had gone through. And so then when I was studying acupuncture, uh, I had a mentor, Dr. David Bressler, out in California, and he did guided imagery. So I studied with him, with Dr. Marty Rossman, too. They had a whole academy for guided imagery. And that it was like hypnosis, except it's interactive. So you go into an altered state, because to me that's where the healing happens, is in the part of the brain that gets reached through the um, through the uh, uh, altered state. And I, I embraced that. I loved it. And so I wanted to include that with my healing work, but it wasn't in my my uh, role as an acupuncturist, supposedly. So Mm -hmm. I got a certification in hypnosis to basically (laughs) cover what I was doing with guided imagery. But then I, you know, like, I started liking the hypnosis as well. So I'll use both of them. Like, if somebody wants to stop smoking, I find hypnosis in conjunction with the acupuncture, the you know, it works really well. Um, or working with a fear or a phobia or some kind mm-hmm. of, say, somebody wants to lose weight and they want to make some kind of lifestyle changes, I find the hypnosis right. to be really good. But, again, it's reaching into that midbrain. I think that the hypothalamus, you know, and that whole midbrain area is where we actually make changes. We think that our our will is in control, which is in the front part of the brain. But it's really um not. <laughs> our <laughs> our past, our subconscious, you know, our our subconscious beliefs about ourselves and life and the world and everything really have a lot more to do, you know, with with our thoughts and our actions. So Anyway, with um, if somebody, um, I'll, I'll use the guided imagery. If say somebody uh, is want, they've got some childhood uh, trauma, and they mm-hmm. want to heal that part of themselves. That's usually when I'll use the guided imagery to okay. have more of an interaction where we, where the person actually talks back and forth you know, with this little part of themselves. Or with somebody that they're angry with that they haven't been able to forgive. So it's more of an interactive process. But both of them, you know, are in the altered state, and I use my acupuncture to help them get relaxed enough to be able to go into that state. It's kind of part of my induction. Oh, good, yeah. 
for some people it can be a challenge, you know, getting relaxed enough to be to that, you know, to be able to even uh, enter that state. Um, mm-hmm. I know <laughs> that it can be. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So, you know, you were talking about imagery and altered state, which I think kind of is a, is a great lead-in to the shamanic aspect. Now, you, mm-hmm. you indicated that you did um, work in Ecuador, I guess, with with um, mm-hmm. regarding shamanic. So, um, where where does guided imagery and you know, as far as um, application in shamanic begin, or are we are they even in the same neighborhood? Well, see, I think that guided imagery and probably even hypnosis originated in the shamanic cultures because the shamanic healings been around for 30,000 years. It it was practiced all over the world at one point, and now we only find it with indigenous cultures for the most part. But um, even, you know, I myself as a Celt, Scotch-Irish, English, Welsh, uh, we had our shamans. We were probably one of the last white tribes, but we were tribal <laughs> at one time. So, uh, so the shamanic healing actually, even... Like the cave paintings they made, I think that that was a form of um, of imagery because they were right, they were drawing pictures of what they wanted to happen. So they were making these mental images already and then translating them into the physical world. So, yeah. you know, to me it's all it's to me it's all connected. Well, the shamanic work um, I studied with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies with Sandra Ingerman and Alberta Viodo, plus a lot of the travels that I made, um, you know, to shamanic healers and teachers in Ecuador, South America, Australia, uh, Bali, uh, Central America. Anyway, I went through quite a a period of time in my life when I was... (laughs) on this journey because I, I, I was learning so much and I, was, I just felt like it awakened my soul, really, because these people worked mm-hmm. through their heart. And, you know, it, I had, I'd had a lot of trauma from childhood. Both my parents were alcoholics, so a lot of it was my own healing quest for myself. But then, you know, as I found what worked for me, you know, I wanted to learn how to do it to be able to help you know, my patients. So with the shamanic work, it's really, it's a matter of using the altered state again. And when we do go through a shock or trauma, I do believe that it affects that middle midbrain. And that's why it's so Mm -hmm. hard to heal it just from a, you know, from a uh, talk therapy, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we need to go, Deeper, at least for me, that's what I needed to be able to heal. So I remember the very, <laughs> the very first time I got introduced to it. Um, I had been in a relationship for two years, and I would have married this guy. I was, <laughs> very, you know, in love, and and he decided to leave the relationship and <laughs> announced to me, you know, that he was moving out now. <laughs> And I was, you know, kind of in a state of shock with that. And then 
I had a phone call from my aunt telling me that my mother had died in a house fire. And so it all happened, you know, at the same time, and it threw me into, you know, this really deep, deep state of shock where I really was not functioning well at all. And so that went on for several weeks, and I finally, I was living out in California, and I finally reached out to this woman I knew who was a healer, and I said, told her what had happened, and I said, I can't, I, I, you know, I need help. And she said, well, there is a healer in Los Angeles. He's from Peru, and I'm going to give you his phone number because I think he can probably help you. So I was desperate, you know, so I called him up. I made an appointment. I went down to this little hotel, little motel in the middle of L.A., and uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> this man answered the, answered the door wearing one of those orange you know, <laughs> skirts that they wear. And he had right. this long, straight black hair down, you know, down, and no shirt, no shoes. Well, I didn't care. I was desperate, you know. <laughs> so he just said, well, <laughs> he said, here I was, you know, in this sleazy part of L.A. So um, and so he asked me again, and I told him again, you know, what had happened. And he said, well, make sure that you really, you know, don't want this relationship back. Because once what we do is done, it's done. You're not going to be able to change your mind. It'll be complete. And I said, no. I'm so he did this dance around me with with these uh, with a rattle and you know the chant and some branches and he used this egg. And when he was done, I, I mean, I felt really different. I knew something dramatic had happened. And I was over that relationship. I mean, it, I, I never looked back, and I was out of that state of shock. So I was so impressed that that was what why I wanted to learn more, you know, and learn what how I could do it. I wanted more of that kind of healing. And so I went on this pilgrimage, you know, for that probably 10 or 15 years, and I felt like each time each each time I went to someone, you know, that was another it was like another piece of me got returned. And like I said, working with people that were working from their heart more than their intellect, you know. I mean they it's not that they didn't didn't have an intellect, it was that right. they just the warmth of their heart and that that seemed to be what I needed. It was my heart that needed to be healed. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, the the whole idea of of um, you know the the kind of tools that you know modern medicine would would scoff at, but the fact of that you know going through the practices which have like you said been done for thousands of years um, mm-hmm. bring about results. I mean. For me, I'm the I'm the kind of my, you know I did uh, my thing in psychology. I had my bachelor's in psychology, and so one of the things was, you know, mm-hmm. I I loved statistics, and I was always the kind of like, you know, if it was statistically significant, you know, there there was something there. If some, you know, so I would always, you know, I'd always kind of even now go back to the point of what are the odds? What is what's kind of underlined? You know, there we have this action and we have this reaction. You know, and mm-hmm. um, 
there is something something happened, you know, to generate, you know, and I guess if you go back to, you know, there's a for every action there's an equal opposite reaction, you know, the physics of it. But the idea is is that there's something there, you know, and and I and I think a lot of times people lose sight of the fact that first of all, you know, that there is can can be something that maybe you really can't describe, but um but it can be effective. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's kind of where we're um, kind of blinding ourselves in a way. Some people, you know, to the, to the mm-hmm. fact that there are things, you know, beyond our understanding necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. um, that we really should explore. Doesn't make them less real, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think we're a very uh, head-oriented culture. You know, we really value. Um, you know the the mental capacities and education and the you know and the mm-hmm. other cultures are not necessarily the same. You know, like these people really value community and family and, like I said, working with the heart. And I, we need both, really. And they they yeah. talked about uh, like they said we're the land of the eagle and they're the land of the condor. At least the South Americans were saying that. And they said the eagle is the bird of, you know, the the sharp eyes, and they can see things, and they're very mentally sharp. And the condor is the environmentalist. They're a very gentle bird, and they're the bird of the heart. And so they were saying that they feel like we're at a time in history where there's a marriage between the eagle and the condor, where we can have the marriage of the brain and the heart. Mm. So they're interested in learning about, you know, more about our brain and, you know, hoping that we're interested in learning about their heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it it all works together, you know. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, if we overly focus on one area, that leaves another area, you know, that mm-hmm. um, deprived of attention. Um, now, one of the things um, you have a, a a chapter in your book called Quantum. Energy medicine. Um, mm-hmm. I've found the quantum perspective interesting. I mean, I've had a, a gentleman, uh, Dr. Ahmed Goswami, on several times. He's written several books mm-hmm. about you mm-hmm. know, the quantum. Um, and it, I mean, ever since I think that was probably three or four years ago, maybe that I had him on for the first time. And ever since then, that mm-hmm. just to me, um, you know, that particular um, paradigm or, or perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Really, can kind of um, it's kind of like we're you know miracles or, or things that you would not couldn't explain can happen. So, from mm-hmm. your perspective, quantum medicine. So, how how does medicine fit into that perspective? What what are some of the um, you know um, views that um, like a, a quantum paradigm would use with with medicine, how would that kind of medicine fit into that perspective? How would we like use it in in our own medicine? Yeah, so I mean, like, like for now? example, yeah, yeah, I would say you know from like traditional Western medicine and maybe even some of the Eastern practices, you know, um, mm-hmm. how does um, a quantum or energy perspective? Um, 
advance the idea of of, of medicine and, and healing, but but in particular medicine. Well, again, um, again, it, you know, it's E equals M C square. You know, the energy and matter are interchangeable, and our Western medicine really focuses on on the um, matter. You know, we we really don't pay much attention to the to the energy aspect of the body or of healing. You know, we have you know, there's a list of diseases. You know, that have titles, that have names, and then we have certain treatments for them, certain medications. But we don't really focus on building up the life force. And again, acupuncture. If we could integrate acupuncture more into our Western medicine, I think we would have a nice flow. You know, a nice dance between, you know, the two kinds of medicine. Um, and to me, um, well, you know, in things like uh, Reiki, or like mm-hmm. in the office where I work, the the chiropractor whose office it is, teaches a uh, medicine, an energy healing called pranic healing, which is a no-touch. Reiki is is you touch the body. And with pranic healing, you just work on the energy body. So we look at the body, you know, as having um, the energies inside the body and between all the cells, but it also extends out into what we call the auric field. You know that we all have an aura, right? That sounds very new agey, but you know it's it's uh, it, it is a term, you know, that we use in in quantum medicine. And then we also have the the chakras. We have the seven chakras that are in the body, and some above the head, and you know, down below the feet. And according to this way of thinking, the body, the way we take in energy that makes us live. Well, we eat food, we of course, and we breathe in air, and that's matter and energy right there. But we also absorb energy from the earth and from the sky around us. And it comes in also through these chakras, these seven chakras that feed the rest of the body with energy. And to me, I, you know, to me there's an overlay between the you know, the Hindu version and the Chinese version where the Hindu, you know, the chakras are the energies, the big, big vortexes of energy that feed the meridians. And then the meridians, you know, have the acupuncture points on them, but the meridians are feeding all the body with with the energy. So uh, to me, you know, we, we need them both and not to focus completely on the material because like like in Chinese medicine, okay, Western medicine doesn't have anything that I know of that will actually instill a will to live or stimulate a will to live when it has, um, you know, when it's waned, right? And you know, like if somebody is chronically depressed, the will to live is not as strong as it would be if they weren't, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in Chinese medicine, uh, there are actually acupuncture points and their herbs that will work on that will to live. There's a, um, a, a point called Shen Men, which is spirit gate. There's one in the ear, because we do have acupuncture points in the ear, and it's actually quite a very... 
um, important system. I think that there's an embryological connection with the brain. And if we went to France, they probably would mostly treat the ear, believe it or not. We don't hear much about that, but mm. it can work on all the body parts and on, um, you know, the neurotransmitters and then also on this will to live. And then there's also a point for shin men on the wrist, on the uh, wrist, you know, right at the on the little finger side of the wrist. So there's certain treatments that we can actually do when somebody kind of just, you know, they just don't have much. They they don't have a purpose in life, or they're you know they're depressed and. Um, these treatments can actually help revive that, which we don't have that in Western medicine, do we? No, no, not at all. No, we wouldn't, um, I don't even think that they, <laughs> I mean, other than maybe ther- therapy, that there really is any mm-hmm. other um, way to, to work, you know, work that through. Um, no, and, and, and oh, you gosh. know, the hospitals yeah. used, to, um, used to be connected with churches where they would have the ministers and the priests going, and the nuns going around and, you know, praying with the patients and working with the families and everything, but that's hard to find now. Yeah, it is amazing. Well, gosh, we're already down to the end of the show, Dr. Bonnie. This okay. is really, this, is, this has been great. And I, I just I just want to let listeners know, three other chapters, in, I mean, I really like the whole book, but in particular, three other chapters I think okay. that the listeners will really get a help from are like the chapter on how stress can make us ill, um, healing the healer. Um, you know, I know a lot of my listeners are in the healing profession, and and then the art of self uh, self care. You know, those are three I think really important for me. Those are really important. Mm-hmm. You know, chapter they really stood out for me as being really important. So, um, is there any um, you know what what is it that you hope that that the readers are going to take away um, from reading um, integrative medicine? Uh, the self-empowerment part, that we really are mm-hmm. captains of our <laughs> of our ship, mm-hmm. you know, that we, but we have to be willing to take that responsibility for ourselves and that we, we can do miracles. We, miracles are there and they, they lie inside of us. So, and I wanted to mention my other webpage, which is uh, spiritgatemedicine.com. S P I R I T G A T E dot com, medicine dot com. Okay, well, that's perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna um, right at the moment. It's not in my in the show description, but but within five minutes after we hang up, it'll be there. So for okay. future listeners okay. who Thank pull you, it up, that, that'll be there. dot <laughs> com. Um, and you know, and also I did want to mention, you know, you. Um, briefly mentioned about um, resources, and, and the one thing I liked in, in your book too mm-hmm. is that um, you, as you go through certain um, you know areas of talking, you you provide uh, resources, you links to other mm-hmm. websites, and, and that that sort. And, and I just every time I came across that, I just smiled because it's you know to me you know if someone is. Uh, if something resonates, you, it's helpful to be able to know, okay, now I like this idea. Where can I go to find mm-hmm. out more? You know, but, but you provide that, which is a great thing. I think that's a, so it kind of goes beyond, makes it more of a reference book as well uh, for people. Mm-hmm. So I like that part. Thank you. Thank you for noticing that. 
Well, I, I, that to me, that's you know, that's how I think. That's how I think. It's like okay, you know, that curiosity, you know. And but anyway, it has really been a, a true delight to speak with you today, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk about, uh, about your book. Well, thank you, Robert. Thank you so much for being interested, and this was a totally delightful interview. I, I really appreciate your, you know, bringing me on. So thank you. Well. It's been a lot of fun, so uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch. So, um, okay. Thank you again. Okay. All right. Thank again, you. everyone. Today, my very special guest has been Dr. Bonnie McLean, and we've been talking about her book, Integrative Medicine: The Return of the Soul to Healthcare. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which is www.bonniemcclain.com. And you can also visit the other website, which is www.spiritgatemedicine.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.